Hi, I'm Jason Ward from MakingStarWars.net, and today we have a little something special. Um, a big announcement, uh, I got a press release just now from Disney, that Andor is coming to Broadway, and they've given us an exclusive look at the new song by Luthen. What do I sacrifice? Come, kindness, kinship, and love. I'm giving up all chance and inner peace. When my mind does sunless space. What do I sacrifice? I share my dreams with ghosts. I wake up every day to an equation I wrote 15 years ago. There's only one conclusion. I'm damned for what I do. My anger, my ego, my unwillingness to yield, yield. My eagerness to fight. They set me on a path on which there is no escape. I yearn to be a savior against injustice without contemplating the cost. cost. And by the time I looked up, there was no longer any ground beneath my feet. Which is why, what is my, what is my sacrifice? I've condemned to use the tools of my enemy to defeat them. I burn my decency for someone else's future. I burn my light to make a sunrise I will never see. And the ego, I've started this fight. We'll never have a mere an audience of lots of gratitude. So what do I sacrifice every day? They, what will they think of next? I mean, they're really doing everything. I blame myself, Jason. Mm-hmm. See, I knew when I suggested to you Chomp the Frogs mm-hmm. was going to be a hit, you would ignore me and go make mm-hmm. that. Like a two-minute long <laughs> disaster I, I, piece. I, I don't know what you're, <laughs> what you're talking about, but I mean, Luther, it, man, that speech it, and to music. I mean, come on. I had to go. And, I, I was trying to find like most annoying long mm-hmm. Queen songs. I, like, I know this sounds mm-hmm. eerily like annoyingly yeah. familiar <laughs> yeah no and it's then... no melancholy blues it's no melancholy blues. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good yeah i was like i was listening to it again i'm like nah this is too good for that like, like <laughs> that's, that's how bad we are like, how's it going mr santa claus how's it going it's dude? going well it's going well interested in talking about the topic today mm-hmm. yeah well, hold yeah. on I, I first we got to cut to santa's new number one hit Melon Holy Blues! My elves left me, Jason! Right no, before okay. okay, that's enough. No, Still. no. Okay. So yeah. t- today, today what we're we're gonna <laughs> talk about is this weird news that I I, I think it's smart. Um Star Wars and or is going to be on Hulu, FX, ABC, and something called FF. I have no idea what that is. I think it's for <laughs> FFS, 
Oh, they were so freeform. close, Jason. <laughs> freeform. freeform. They were so close. For fuck's sake. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I should have just had the S. <laughs> That's but, what I'm saying. They were, ooh, so close. And let's make fun of Bespin Bolton for one second. Why we think it's genius move. He, there he goes speaking for everybody. Just a heads up. He's the only one there. There's no one else there. I don't know who he's talking we? about with this <laughs> royal we. I mean, he's he is well, he is from from Wales, so I guess he's like I'm the prince of Wales, the royal we. Jason, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you're aware of this. Nick left him, but Nick's mustache stayed, so there's still technically two working there. Like, right, right. And there he is. There he is. You said his name, and and there oh. he is. Oh, <laughs> hey. Oh, oh, Nick, Nick's, Nick's taking credit. Okay, okay, I, I rolled it back. I rolled it back. Nick does all the work. Bespin's just there reaping the rewards. Um, so, Andor to air on ABC, FX, Freeform, and Hulu from November 23rd. Why we think it's a genius move. And uh, he goes on to say, Lucasfilm have taken to social media to announce that the first two episodes of the critically acclaimed Disney Plus series, Andor, will, or Andor, will air its first two episodes on ABC and Hulu on November 23rd, FX and November 24th, and Freeform on November 25th. Sorry, I'm laughing at my own jokes right now. I'm just remember how dumb that song was. Uh, the move is likely an attempt to attack. I've had all night to think about it, Jason. <laughs> a wider, more mature audience to a series crafted by the mastermind behind the Bourne franchise, Tony Gilroy. And right there, we'll go back to the article. But I, I want to interject our, our thoughts, too. I don't want to let Bespin take all the credit for our thoughts. You know, how he does. It's the we, our, our th- we think this. No. Um, what, what, what do you, Santa, you think you think this is a good idea? Or do you think I it's do. like the people on Twitter told me, oh, they're, they're shaking in their boots because they're failures. Well, I, I have seen that as well. Like it smacks of desperation. Uh, that's what that's what they said. That's a, that's exactly what they said. That was the that was the uh, talking point I got. Yeah, I just like or or maybe since they don't have to pay franchise or uh, uh, licensing fees to themselves to show their own stuff on their own networks, maybe they're cross platforming uh, and trying to get a broader audience in and benefit from some ad revenue by people purchasing ads say on abc uh and we were t- we were kind of talking about it earlier on my members only uh, monthly uh meeting where shameless plug in the, in the past they may have taken uh, some content put it on physical media and released it to get some extra ad or extra revenue mm-hmm. and in this case why not take and or put it over on abc get some ad revenue play it over the weekend, over the holiday, whatever. And here's a bit of speculation. Do you think that perhaps they'll put a Mandalorian uh, season one on FX for a weekend? You know how they license out the Star Wars yeah. movies to Turner or whatever, right? I, I, I think it's an, I think it's like the episode, the announcement. I think they're trying to announce to those channels and to those audiences you should come over to Disney Plus and watch this show on yep. Disney Plus because we will make this kind of content for you if you come over here and you watch it here. And yeah. I also think the show doesn't have stellar numbers. It's not Disney's number one, Disney Plus's number one show. So I think that it, they also need those people to come over. But I, so that's why I don't think we're going to see Mandalorian 
I don't I think this is about funneling everything that way, not funneling things all over. I think they want those people well, to go there. Uh, that, that's that's but, that's my guess. Mm. Bando oh, no. season three. Uh oh. What's up, everybody? It's Filoni. Hey, hey I just wanted you to know we're all putting on a new show on Hulu called Only Mando's in the Building. No. It's no. a who doing it, Jason. Who's no. doing it? Mando's doing it. <laughs> oh. Can't wait. Go go back to the lunchroom and steal people's lunches again, Dave. Do what okay, you bye. do best. <laughs> but what about leading into Mandalorian season three? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be kind of be a good idea to put on ABC? Uh, and, I mean, but, but uh, you end up, but then you end you end up hurting your subscriber model. You end up making it where Star Wars, the only place to get Star Wars. See, they've all they've wanted it to be this whole time. The only place to get Star Wars is Disney Plus. And I think though, I think this time, this is no, no. I think this is the exception. Is that it? There, I think I think it's about getting the people who watch FX shows and Hulu shows, Handmaid's Tale, and that kind of stuff to get them to be like, oh, Disney Plus isn't just for kids. So, so you don't think like Mando season one and two would raise interest for people to go to Disney Plus to get Mando season three? It it, it might, but I don't think that's the agenda. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't argue it's a bad idea. I just don't think it's their agenda. Well, speaking of agendas, Jason, um, you know what would be a great what way does that to get mean, people to piece go to Disney shit? Plus. You uh-huh. know, you know what would be a great way to get people to go to Disney Plus, like a big commercial, mm-hmm. a Mandalorian movie. Jason, we're in the opening God. crawl. Summarizing some of the adventures that you could go watch on Disney Plus when you're done with the movie. You know, like Remember that interview three billion dollars at the box office. I thought that guy, the worst person in the writer's room, is the guy who has one idea. Oh, no, I got a lot more ideas, Jason. But this, (laughs) this is the one I've been consistently correct on. Look, I know you said that they didn't want to do it because all the money to be made on Disney Plus. And then they go announce uh, a loss on Disney Plus over the last fiscal year. So um, this is a way of trying to get more people to go to there. I'm telling you, man, the best way to get people to sign up for your shit is to have a big box office win. Mm-hmm. A lot of people sign up for that old Paramount Plus after that Maverick shit. So there's just a way, man. And what's great about it is you don't have to say, hey, that Mando movie, I wish they'd make some prequels. No, we already got them. They're on Disney Plus. You can go watch three seasons worth. So like, that's for the benefit of having an opening crawl. Like, like right. the Mando movie can do the opening crawl, Jason. Ah, whatever. whatever. I don't know. Well, I know. I know they, they won't. They're crawling they won't. their way to trying to they get won't. some subscribers on Hulu. The, when Hulu should be part of Disney Plus. This is so weird. Well, that's how, <laughs> that's how so it weird. is in England. In England, it, it is that way. And and that's what they're like like working towards. But I don't know, man. Um, oh yeah, one last thing. Um, over the, over the weekend, <laughs> I I never watched a Bourne movie, and um, poor Jason. I rewatched Michael Clayton, and you know that movie holds up really really well. Michael Clayton's so good, and uh, I went from Michael Clayton though to Bourne, and I'm like, Bourne's okay. It's not that good. Michael Clayton's perfect. Uh, Bourne. You watched the first Bourne. The first Bourne. The first Bourne is the shakiest one, dude. Okay. Like they hit okay. their. When Paul Greengrass comes on board, it's the director, yeah. it's not the it's not the writer. Okay. So and and I like it because it's more it's similar to like how I spent my time in Europe, but um, um dude, two and three dude, is where dude, it, it shakes you're not paying out. attention. Santa's becoming an evil villain right below you right now, and you don't see it happening. 
He's got like a cat. He turned on Meg his into lap. a cat, Jason. I don't know. Oh, no. He used the powers of of the, the Christmas <laughs> spirit. Dude, Meg is that's actually Meg. That's like, actually I don't Meg. Know if you're aware. Oh, all yeah. right. Sorry. <laughs> People on the podcast can't tell Santa's turned Meg into a cat. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I didn't mean to inter- interrupt. Um so, so Bespin goes on to write. Andor, though a critical darling and seemingly loved by those who tune in every week, has struggled in viewership when compared to its live-action Star Wars um, predecessors, The Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, and Obi-Wan Kenobi. That's not to say the show is a commercial failure, though many who dislike the series would have you believe that's the case, but it's as it's a much harder sell when compared to those that came before. The Mandalorian, Mandalorian birthed a pop culture icon in the form of Baby Yoda Grogu, which drove a more casual audience to the series as Baby Yoda mania swept the world. The book of Boba Fett launched with ties to the ph- phenomenon that was the Mandalorian and focused on an already iconic and established character familiar with audiences and Obi-Wan Kenobi saw the return of Ewan McGregor in the titular role. He loves to say titular! titular role and Hayden Christensen as Darth Vader after years of anticipation. All three shows. Uh, Jason, yeah. I don't think you're aware, but you forgot to tell people that Nari's original name was Nips. No. Oh. Well, not, it well, was part of a did. titular show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Bix? I know. It's, it's not good, but I had to get that in there. <laughs> I don't know. All I want to say is Bix is a titular Star Wars character. I don't even know what the word means. I haven't looked it up yet. Uh, all Nips three shows. <laughs> all shows. The new <laughs> show. <laughs> I should give that to Felonius. <laughs> all three shows have a broader appeal to a general audience. <laughs> the characters are well known, and each series was written with viewers of various age, ages in mind. I I I agree with with old old Clesp in there. I mean that that makes sense to me. You have a character with absolutely zero legacy. I mean, I mean, he has the Rogue One film, but I would say it's a very new legacy. Most people, you don't hear Cassian and or jokes in the pop culture. You know what I'm saying? Like Boba Fett, you might hear like that on some some stupid show, like Young Sheldon or some crap like that would probably say Boba Fett. Like they might say that. That might show up. There. It's not an action figure show, though, Jason. And yeah. So far, they've been making action figures. I don't know. Bix's figure is pretty good, man. I'm saying. I'm not shitting on the idea of an action figure thing. I love the Manda. I mean, I got the Mm -hmm. fucking toy up there. It's ridiculously huge. Yeah. Um, You dork. It's going to kill me one day. I'm just going to be trying to get a pencil on this show. Death by Razor Crest. Death by Kenner. (laughs) Which, by the way, Kenner understands that. So, um, little Kenner Kenner jokes. Uh, it's not an action fi- like even like, forget the 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 show itself, just the marketing of it. Because you can yeah. always, Jason, as you know, every studio is capable of marketing to you something you don't want to see as something else, right? Like you go in thinking Batman and Robin's gonna have Danny Elfman music, and it don't, because they just lie in the trailers and in the marketing. So they there's no way to turn Andor into like an action figure, right? Like you, I mean, literally he has an action figure, but. It's not he's not he's not a toyetic character is what mm-hmm. I'm trying to say. The robot is, which is why whenever they first announced this show back way years ago, everyone kept asking, Where's the robot? When's he gonna get the robot? When's he gonna get the robot? Because the robot is an action figure. Yeah. Yeah. K2 not just is... in that he's a droid, but in that he's funny, quippy, you know, doesn't get the concept of death. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? <laughs> 
That well, sort and, of thing. And well, and once again, though, I mean, it's like people want to. Uh, Kathleen Kennedy is whatever the Kathleen Kennedy is the poster child for whatever the, your the opposite of your opinion is. So she did this show. So it's not all about action figures. So then therefore she's an idiot. And then if they do something else where you get a lot of variants and you get porks and it's all about action figures and it's all about product. It's like, I, I, I give them credit for doing both. I mean, I, I think, I think some stories are opportunities for that kind of stuff. And just some just simply aren't. And I do believe super popular stuff should fund more artistically adventurous things. Mm -hmm. I don't think that just artistically adventurous. I don't think Star Wars Visions should have to do so well it funds a new season of Clone Wars. Clone Wars should be so successful it's funding experimental, uh, artistically adventurous projects like Visions to diversify and take chances, you know. And that's kind of the whole point. So if Mando is able to pave the way for an Andor, you know, then. Mm -hmm. Even Kenobi and Boba Fett, they're all able to pay the way for an Andor. Then we all, everyone wins. But when everyone's like, boy, Andor's not bringing in subscribe, that's some Netflix level way of thinking that's horribly wrong. Because if you go down that road, you're never going to keep the base you got. You're just going to get people signing on when there's something they want to see and then quitting their subscriptions when there is anything they don't want to see. And that's what you yeah. don't want. You don't <laughs> want that. Without going down the rabbit hole too far, I, I do want to ask, ask Santa's opinion about, about this show before I forget about this with toys. I saw you make a face. Do you disagree about it being um, – do you think there's a lot, a lot of action figure opportunities that, that have like a, like a mass appeal other than like somebody like me and Rob putting it on our, like on our desk kind of – Well, you know? Rob kind of self-corrected in the middle of what he was saying because – they literally have released action figures, right? It's like, well, it's not an action figure thing. I'm like, except they did make action figures of these and they're selling the vintage and black series lines on these. Um, yeah. How marketable are they? How many people are going to see them in, you know, Target or Walmart and say, it's oh, I mean, there's, there's, that, there's that superhero that I need. They're not. And so I, I agree with you that uh, they're not largely marketable action figure uh characters but that doesn't stop them from trying yeah. when i say action figure i want to be clear i'm not talking about whether they have toys or if they could sell toys i'm i'm, I'm using action figure as a term for like superhero okay right. so luke skywalker is a superhero type character okay he's a lead character he's got the thing he's one of us uh, he's the little kid who gets the superpowers and defeats the big bad guy rob's wrong doesn't mean luke's Rob's Luke Skywalker. Wrong. She's uh, a girl. She's not a does, cat. You sound, you the sound cat's not in the dumb. frame. The cat, what do you think happened? She, <laughs> she, <laughs> Santa, Santa threw his candy cane like Willow magic and then unmegged her, you know, uncat her, maybe, you know. <laughs> hi, hi, Newt, Meg Gun. Hello. How are you? Not too bad. How are you? Not too shabby. Let, let, what, what do you think, Meg? What do you, what do you think about the, about the, um, and or going, going to basic cable? I think it's really game. cool. It could attract like a, a wider audience for season two. That was that was my thinking too. Get some of that like adult kind of more mature audiences on board. Yeah. I'm curious but about just one to thing. Well, wrap up first what I was of all, saying. Let me just finish yeah. what I was saying really quickly and I'll let you guys talk for the next hour. But Andor and the Rogue One stuff generally is not about a group of superheroes who gain powers to defeat the Empire. They're actually what happens when humans 
have no help from superpowers and have to like basically find a way to deal with a fascistic totalitarian government on their own. It's just inherently not superhero-ish, you know? At the very best, you're more in like Batman territory where it's like a normal guy who may have wealth who can kind of fight like a giant system. It's a little bit less than that. And in Andor itself, the whole show and the whole look of it is just not like, you, you don't get like a, there's not an outfit Andor's going to wear that every kid's running out to grab the jacket over. Do you understand what I'm saying? So when I say action figure, I'm just saying it's not like you look at it and you go, oh, Moon Knight, I get Moon Knight's got a moon in the night. You know, it's just, it's a more complex cell, um, conceptually speaking. I'm not specifically talking about whether he has, I mean, fucking Slice Noodles has an action figure, so we can do this all day long if that were I cool. love that set as a kid, that three pack. I had that. That was good. I'm, I'm curious why they're much. opening on on ABC Hulu with two episodes. Didn't they open with three on like, maybe it's a so you go over to Disney Plus and continue to watch the whole show. <laughs> that that that's you why I third... think it's that's why I. But wasn't it wasn't it sort of essential Nintendo. to get that third episode to kind of get people hooked into watching the rest? And that's or you was go one of the Disney arguments. Plus and watch those. <laughs> okay. Santa's right? acting like he doesn't know how to string people along for the holidays. You know well, what I mean? Well, like, no, like, I... he basically invented Black Friday. You know, as a pre a prequel to Christmas. Well, know? he invented the Easter Bunny for some walk around money. People don't know that. But um, <laughs> someone told true. Santa to lay an egg to share that. Easter Bunny. <laughs> <laughs> the Easter Bunny does live in my house, so I, I'm going to. I knew gonna record it. it. I'm going to no. I'm going to record it on um on FX and just like check. Just to see, I'm gonna see if it if they try and push anybody towards Disney Plus to watch the rest in the ads and stuff. Like, is there is there any of that? Like, is there is any of that like apparent? Do they let the audience know you can go watch the rest of this right now? Like, uh, Interview with the Vampire, um, a show, one of the many shows that's crushed me this year with being having a lot of potential and not not seeing it. Um, Kathleen Kathleen Kennedy ruined that show too, right, Jason? Yeah, I'm gonna blame her. No, but what they would do on that one is they would put one show, the new episode on AMC, so you could get a week ahead every week and go watch it on the AMC app if you wanted to subscribe to it. And they were they were really really like, go to go to the AMC app. They kept telling you, and uh, I eventually did because I'm a sucker, and I just got madder. But that's what happens, and uh, so. So that's that's what I think the uh, the uh, like little agenda is my, myself. But well, let's let see. me ask uh, yeah. this question: uh, sure. Do you think that if this is successful, they'll do it with other series? The same? Hmm. That's a that, that's a that's a good question. I don't oh know yeah, hundred percent. I kind of set it up, right? If successful, then. <laughs> I firmly believe she just likes to, oh, just likes to oh, put her gif in here. So we can, I'm just trying to make sure they got a chance. But she didn't hear me. Look, I don't, I don't want to break the, the embargo, Jason, but why not? Uh, they're going to put the first 10 minutes of Pinocchio up on Hulu, you know, and then you're just going to drive everyone to come to Disney Plus to finish the film. So, mm-hmm. Sorry. Spoiled. <laughs> sorry, yeah. spoiled. Uh-oh. Sure. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. I'm gonna get in trouble for that one. No, I, I um, I, one thing I think that it that most people, I, Bestman's probably gonna hit in this article. I honestly haven't read read the article yet. I was doing something else. It sent me sent it to me. I was like, yeah, of course I'll use it. Um, 
Hulu and all of these 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 properties in the UK are all together already on on Disney Plus. Like they're watching stuff from those properties on Disney Plus. In the United States, we're not though. So we're all like, "What does this mean? What is it?" And if but that's that integration is slowly happening. We're seeing the integration of that stuff unfolding. We're seeing the parental controls coming in on the app and stuff like that. They're like easing us into it for some reason because they we're we're, we're more we're likely to get Medicare for all before we get that in the stage, Jason. They're moving at a glacial pace here. Yeah, like, no, no, but but they are. But, but they I mean, are. Did, Warner Brothers has been bought and sold twice. Before they've been able to like <laughs> integrate no. Disney Plus with all their other content. This is ridiculous. But they've done it worldwide. They just haven't done it for us because we're a bunch of babies over here. Like, like oh my like 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 my 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 father, for instance, Hard to argue. saw that um <laughs> what what's the uh, werewolf by night? He's all I thought Disney was for kids. And I'm like that exemplifies the problem right there. Like when he saw it, he's like, This isn't like a, a Disney thing. And I'm like, yeah, but it's the problem is it's called Disney and people have this. I'm like, yeah, dad, you're, you're watching like superheroes machine gun each other down on the show. Like, why does that somehow cross the line for you? And uh, he didn't have a big problem with it. I don't want to overstate that. But he was just like, but that just goes to show how market reaction is to something like that. And the, uh, the goofball in me, Jason. Yeah, says that Disney Plus should be the one for for adults, and Disney Minus or Minors should minus, be the one minors. for Minus. Minus, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. Come on, come on! It's, right. oh, okay, you know, you know. Right. I do this for free, folks. Uh, you get what you pay for. <laughs> Bespin goes on to write. On the flip side, when Andor was announced back in 2018, it was met with a real lack of enthusiasm from fans, with many questioning why Lucasfilm wanted to produce a series based around a supporting character from Rogue One, a Star Wars story. From day one, Andor had an uphill battle. It's n- it's not It not only had to appeal to a more mainstream audience, but also convince the hardcore Star Wars fan base as to why it deserved to exist. On a personal note, out of all of the live-action series, Andor has always performed the worst on this site, same, and after speaking with several other creators with far more popular sites than my own, it seems to be that way across the board. As I mentioned earlier in the article, those who tune in every week for Andor love it, as do critics. But it, it appeals to a more mature audience that isn't filled with the fan service moment that filled the Mandalorian, the Book of Boba Fett, and... Uh, the action figure shows. Yeah, I've spoken with many parents whose children find Andor boring but love the live-action Star Wars series that came before. There's not enough action. They don't deserve the themes, and overall, it's just not engaging for them uh, for those of a younger age, which is what I've had with my children as well. Uh, I spoke by many, many parents. He means you, right? Just like I don't know. we say this, he means him. Maybe. Yeah, many I don't parents, know. he means. I've talked to Jason Ward. He's an affable kids. guy. He's an affable guy. He probably <laughs> has friends, so maybe <laughs> I don't know. But but no, but that that has been the case. Is my my kids enjoy it? Like yeah. when we watch it in fifteen minute chunks, but it. It doesn't. It doesn't move to the next, like oh. action sequence fast enough. So, hmm. well, you know, uh, yeah, Giorgio here. Uh, yeah, you know, Jason. The the trick to that is to get them to watch THX one one three eight from about the age of three, <laughs> and you just make them watch it every three or four months, and then by the time they're ten, they'll watch anything. Chernobyl, 
uh, Solaris. <laughs> I used to know, rent they'll, they'll re- VHX yeah. as a kid and be yeah. like, why don't I love this? <laughs> as, a, as a small like, kid, you know? You know, you know Jay, <laughs> Francis said the same thing, and Marsha, and Brian, and Steven. And it's it's like your annual where you make Rob watch the, the uh, holiday special. That's an annual yeah. tradition, right? It's coming you up. Do that every year. Yeah. It's coming up, a, a actually. What? A what? It's, a, it's, a, it's a in what? a few days. What? That's what I was thinking. It's about time for that annual holiday tradition. Yeah. That no, Rob loves no, so there's much. There's no such thing. That, that does not exist. Yeah. <laughs> what I'm going to do this year is I'm going to trick Rob into thinking we're doing a live stream, but it'll just be one that's not live. That way we could watch the whole thing without getting taken down. And he'll be like, the stream's just going to get taken down. I'm going to win, but he won't. Well, that's how I got people to see the Phantom Menace originally, Jason. Like, I, I tricked them into the theater, and we locked the doors. Like, uh, you ever see that movie, uh, Lean on Me? It was like that. <laughs> oh, man. All right. They filmed that just down the street from me. But, uh, yeah, so anyways, uh, Bespin. Let me see. Is there a lot more to this article? No, there's one more paragraph. Disney deciding to air the first two episodes of Andor and ABC, Freeform, FX, and Hulu is a slightly unorthodox move. Until now, the live-action Star Wars has been exclusive to Disney+, Plus, a streaming service which, at least in the USA, has a more child-friendly perception among audiences, something that these other networks don't. Naturally, by putting the first couple of episodes on these networks and services, they're essentially putting a message out to audiences on those platforms that this is not like the Star Wars they've seen before and will encourage them to not only watch the show, but then get them to check out the rest of the episodes on Disney+, Plus, which will also help alter the aforementioned perception of Disney+, Plus, and of course, get more subscribers. It's also no coincidence that Disney will begin releasing the first two episodes of Andor across these networks on the same day that the season finale airs on Disney+. Plus. You'd assume that Disney is hoping that those impressed by this series will subscribe to the aforementioned streaming service to continue their viewing. It's an interesting experiment and who knows if it will work, but to me, it feels like a genius move. So that's what, that's what Bestman says. Like I said, I, I, I think it's, I think it's just, just laying out what's actually, what's actually happened, what's actually going to happen, what they plan to do, which is the integration of grown up content on there. I mean, like once we start getting like the Fox content, once the Fox deals start to, Start to start to sort of age out. We start and, to get all of that content hitting and stuff. It's going to be a different any, any decade now, Jason. I need to well, get around to it. I mean, <laughs> no. Well, they, they made a bunch of deals. They made a bunch of deals know, before I'm Disney Plus facetious. was a thing, and that's. I'm being, but Herman's head doesn't have a deal. It could be up right now, Jason. Herman's, Herman's head, head can be up right the freak now. Not yeah. on full frontal. Not on for fuck's sake. Not on for <laughs> forced. Forced fuckers, whatever that shit is. I don't know. You know, like Herman's head could be on there right now. Yeah. You know, Tracy Ullman show, that's going nowhere. You could put that. You can delete the Sim. Simpsons is on there. No, they could do all of it. <laughs> Take it back. Take it back. They can do everything. Yeah. The Rock. The Rock could be on there. My 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 thing is, and it might just be like my circles. So it's it's all anecdotal and just personal experience. But I don't know anybody who's watching Andor who doesn't like it or who started it and didn't finish it. Like, like, do you have any like, like friends? Like, and I don't mean like some rando, rando internet, you know, who, who tweeted at you once or something like that. I mean like actual like people you converse with who were like, Oh, this is garbage. And like jumped out. Well, I, no, I've got a friend who's been a star, a lifelong star Wars fan reads all the 
what is now Legends books. Um, he collects all kinds of things. I got him a lightsaber for his birthday, all that kind of thing. Right? He's a, a big Star Wars fan, and yeah. he's over at my house every week for Bible study. We were mm -hmm. hanging out the other night, and he said, I watched the first two, and I just checked out. Like, it was boring. Didn't catch my interest. Someday I'll maybe go back and finish watching it, which I keep encouraging. Like, dude, you totally need to keep watching it. <laughs> I, don't, but so far, I don't mean to shit on religion, and I'm not doing that, Jason. But yeah, when someone so tells me they, they went over for Bible study and were bored by Andor, I just got a question. Like, <laughs> Church <laughs> can be pretty boring. You know? I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. It doesn't, I mean, I think another like Deuteronomies. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, d I definitely think there are people who, who don't enjoy the Andor series, but um, yeah. I, I saw a really good comment by someone I follow where they were like, Andor mm. is really well written, well directed, it's a good show, but to some Star Wars fans, it's just not fun. It doesn't have the excitement and the action and the adventure that you would expect from traditional Star mm. Wars. And I've also seen the perspective of the show being too slow. I don't share that perspective, but it's something I've heard yeah, from people yeah. who've actually given the show a chance. Right. But um. This isn't really to your point, but Knights of Melvin has this really hilarious anti-watch party every week mm -hmm. where the whole stream is for people who don't want to watch the Andor show. I thought that was pretty funny. What do they watch? Like Cheers or something? I think he just talks throughout the whole time. Okay. <laughs> hey, if that's much how you more find community, if that's how you find community, I say go much, for it, man. Much, much more interesting, I'm certain. But that's my whole thing, Jason. Like, they shouldn't be making every Star Wars series shouldn't be something that has to be just, it's bigger than the last thing. The greatest, this is the problem with um, kids who've grown up with sequels to video games who expect Halo 2 to be, it's gotta be 60 bucks, it's gotta be better than the, and then Halo 4, gotta be just, it's the baddest Halo ever made, or it's just completely useless. And we've gotten in this. Yeah, but have you ever played Halo 4 on Mountain Dew, bro? Have you ever <laughs> drank it like two Mountain Dew? Bro, that's how. That's how Gilray wrote and or Jason. Look, I'm just trying to tell you like, that no, no, if I you agree, don't have if you don't have artistically adventurous versions of your IP, right, then your IP will not fucking be able to continue on. It's why you need you need it, it, it just it could be like it's there. It's there in that point, And that's where we made it. But if, if you don't, you end up with this. Let me give you an example that Santa can relate. There was this trilogy once called the Lord of the Rings, right? And it, it mixed live action with models and CGI characters and vast armies and all that stuff. And then with every iteration of that franchise, they had a sequel trilogy of Hobbit movies that were just bloated visual effects films and 20 minute long segments of doing the dishes and shit. And then you get to the point where you get a, a $500 million series that takes fucking 18 episodes to get people from one point to another, essentially. That looks like a glorified home. It looks like the actually Santa looks a lot like your background, but with the <laughs> looks like your, your backdrop, right? But with elves. Wait, wait, do right? this. Which I know. Do this like a, like a, like it's a plate. Oh, is that so? Oh, oh yeah. That's 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 a oh that's a hobby. oh you mean at the fireplace back here, right? Like, uh, oh oh yeah. There we, okay, uh, okay okay okay. I would oh, say washing like dishes, that? you know, but just little Ooh. hobbies. But there you go. But okay. what's funny oh, look is at, look at that. Looks cozy. <laughs> what's funny to me <laughs> is the, the fireplace the podcast people. I'm never going to tell people what they should like. Ultimately, yeah. like as as just a fan of anything, whether someone likes something I like or not doesn't interest me at all, like seriously. But I find it funny that the people who complain the loudest, right? Always 
uh, move the goalpost, right? So, like, when Kenobi wasn't working or Boba Fett wasn't working, their argument was, well, Disney only, they knew what to do with new characters, but they don't know what to do with the legacy characters. And then when Andor comes out, it's all these new characters, and I don't really, where are the legacy characters? Where is the Vizier? Where is the Palpatines? You know, like, like, as if that was going to solve all their fucking problems. To be fair, Rob, I don't, I don't think I've actually heard anyone say this show lacks legacy characters. Because you kind of don't miss them. Every episode, yeah, but Meg, every episode, all I've heard from the cats at the barbershop is, when they gonna, when is, they gonna, is Tarkin gonna be in it? Who's gonna be in it that I know? Who's gonna be in it that I know? Is essentially well, it. Well, the only thing I've heard is the lack of lightsabers and force users. That's the, that's the only complaint. Well, that, that gets back to a conversation we had a year ago, Jason, where I told you I fear and have feared my whole life. That Star Wars only works for people, and the, what makes Star Wars different, essentially, from a Battlestar Galactica, a Star Trek. I'm talking in the mass public side, not in yeah. like the reality of the differences and the nuances yeah. of all these. The difference between all these things is that Star Wars has the wizards, pff, lightsaber, magic, and if you take that out, will people mm-hmm. ever consider that to be Star Wars? Mm-hmm. So well, we saw that we saw that with uh, with a Solo, where a lot of people left Solo, going, you know what? It turns out I just like the Jedi stuff, and Solo was coming out with the Last Jedi, that, which was the most sort of I would say the most fantasy friendly of the Star Wars films. Though, like when it, when Rey's on Oct two and stuff like that, like that feels like a fantasy film at times, and uh, and that's where that audience was. But was that was the context in which that. we were having the conversation. Was in the context of of mm-hmm. solo and in rogue one where i said my come i was like i loved catalyst in rogue one the mm-hmm. only scene anyone ever talks about rogue one is when a fucking lightsaber shows up it drives me to no end you know mm-hmm. it pisses me off the to Darth no Vader end it's like you had a whole movie yeah that's it you know like that's it when that is so long as you throw in three spider-mans at the very end of your film then you've you won i don't think that's a smart i i, I have you to know? be honest though i i think that in all of this is a reflection of of a sort of lazy journalistic style that exists in in all journalism, but especially in entertainment journalism, which is the laziest of journalism, which is where you find the person who's saying that one thing, and then you do a Donald Trump and you say people are saying, but it's like really just like a couple some of like chuds. It. Yeah, some a couple of chuds that Can are I saying. Can I just this, address Rob's thing. point? I think yeah. I think he makes a really good point about um, you know, focus at the end if there's like a big moment, a big three Spider-Man moment. And I'm curious to hear Rob's thoughts on the Mandalorian season two, because my frustration is that everyone praised the Luke episode and it seems like they forgot some of the incredible moments in chapter nine, chapter 15. Sure. And, and this is one of the things where I told Jason, we should go back and do a rewatch on season one and two only because the show wasn't around when those came out, you know, for, we all know why. Yeah, I agree but with you. My, 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 my 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 thoughts on that episode were, yeah, there was a bunch of other brilliant stuff in season two that weren't picked up upon, especially the Bill Burr moment, which I think is up until Andor was my favorite scene in a Star Wars. Up until Andor, you were <laughs> right. Em- yeah, um, in a long time. By but the way, in that specific by the episode, way, Bob, what? That's the one character that they should bring over into Andor who could exist in both shows just fine. Would be he'd have would be younger, be, uh, but yeah. Well, but, yeah. Um, what, what do you do? Give him a little bit of hair on the top, a little, little bit of a mohawk strip, maybe. And he's you think they go. get Aaron Paul to play a younger version of Bill? <laughs> no, just get him. So <laughs> he's, he's, he's kind of baldish. He's, he's white and pasty. What? He looks. He could be. He probably looked the same when he was twenty-five as he does when he's sixty. 
you said that but um he's like oh he's like strickland from uh back to the future he never ages got, so yeah. <laughs> but meg what i was trying to say was on that episode there were some big losses there were some big the the, the dark forces cgi troopers weren't weren't good the staging of that whole battle part short of luke coming up it was very it was very 1994's lucas artsy um and i credit that that fault to the director was it Peyton Reed? Did he do that? One of those Ant-Man dude or one of them fucking dudes. So like, but Luke shows up and it's so, even when Luke first showed up, you see that A-Wing, it's a little corny when you see the X-Wing go, go by like in the background. You're like, all right. But but the buildup and this the cyber combat was brilliant. The music and all that shit worked really well and they sold it in the end. But had that Luke thing not, had the actual Luke part not done well or had been mediocre at best, I think the other faults of that episode would have shown brighter, but there were tons of stronger elements in that second season. No one talks about because Luke with the saber. So yeah, I, I feel like it, like it robbed a lot of the important. Hey. Uh, yeah, not hey. you. But as a <laughs> I say adjacent, huh? It, it, like, okay, how about that? It, <laughs> it, it, hey. it, it leaked a bunch of the power. Um, away from the fact that that like Grogu leaving and 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 leaving Din and like that those moments were we were emotionally put into another place because nostalgia and uh, it's something and, and, and I know Megan's talking product. about like Megan's talking about like other powerful moments in there but from the like like to me I feel like Mando season two didn't have like a finale because of this great scene it's a great scene I, I'm not taking anything away from it I love the uh, scene. But it also like um, it had more to do with Luke <laughs> and me than it had, had to do with Din and and Grogu and and those other moments. And then so you kind of get that, and then you get them back together in Book of Boba Fett. And I'm like, well, okay, I roll with that. To be resolved in Book of Boba Fett episode six. So, yeah. you know, like, remember at the end of Superman, it would go Superman will return. Mm-hmm. At the end of Men episode two, it should be like, Luke Skywalker will return in Book of Boba Fett episode six and maybe some seven or five, like whatever. Um, Wait! Don't 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 put that leak out there about CGI Richard Pryor coming to the next season of Mandalorian. I'm not supposed to talk about that. Look, that that was my idea, and they took it. Um, Tyrant brings this one up. Tolkien's book split, but there's no way to try that with the Hobbit trilogy. I, I don't have anything to say about that. What I would say is, I it that did spark an idea in my head that I I find interesting. That I do think the 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 Book of Shadows was that what it was called? Book of Mor- Shadows of Mordor. That's what it, Shadows of Mordor, right? The, the Lord of the Rings game. People generally like that. And Jedi Fallen Order, that video game, people like that story. Even the Knights of the Republic, a video game, people like this. Story. I do think that maybe these production companies may want to hit up some of the writers of these games that have, to, that have done quite well and maybe get them to conjure up 40 hours of content versus screenwriters who are usually used to writing for one minute and then they're kind of drag. Sometimes it feels like they conjure up 20 minutes of material and drag it out. Andor doesn't do that, but Boba Fett certainly does. And so I do think that we've found stronger lore-based storytelling, which is what the average Star Wars fan likes. Heavily, heavy on the lore. Heavy on the lore. Like, you know, like the pepper grinder. Just more lore, please. You know, a little bit more lore, a little bit fresh lore. But they do it really well in a majority of these games, more than they have, say, in the, the, the cinematic films or whatever. But I don't know. Jonathan yeah, asked a question that, that is kind of prevalent in my mind when it comes not only to things like uh, and or, but 
say the bad batch can you get me back on this on the basketball team is that what it says <laughs> i was Sorry, a different somebody I think dominic show, might be yeah. lurking <laughs> <laughs> but uh it, is there a disincentive with shows like Andor or say the bad batch to continue making them when you can get viewership numbers that are so much stronger for even kenobi right uh the numbers by by at least some metrics show Kenobi per, perform better on viewership. So do you get more Kenobi, less Andor, more Book of Boba Fett, less Bad Batch because of viewership? I mean, I, I don't know that Santa, that Santa, Santa, a healthy <laughs> a healthy studio, whether it's a comic book company, a video game company, a publisher, a movie studio, whatever, a studio to survive long term needs to foster healthy relationships with its creatives so if you bring out this elon musk netflix type battle royale thing where you go look in the rankings you're down and you're down you're fired that's not the way to develop long-term trust uh, and developments with, wait with creatives. are you talking about a show within a show where they have to fight at the end if they don't make it <laughs> i think i like where this is heading no. <laughs> the future of, of 24 hour cable news, Jason. So, you know, like, uh, and Favreau the... <laughs> taking on <laughs> Deborah uh, Chow. Gilroy's, the Gilroy's, right? Like all I, three Gilroy's. It's like, well, I bring it up bad. just because that's sort of been a talking point. Uh, not because I adhere to it, but because you, you keep hearing, like, well, the bean counters will just chase that and we'll get more of that and we'll get less of this other. And the concern is, well, all of Star Wars now is going to be this, and none of Star Wars is going to be that. Uh, and they, they base it off of That's some That's binary metric. thinking, Santa. When you yeah, do, you're talking exactly. To, you're basically talking to a team. I learned this when I was a kid. I, my, my, my film teacher, Mr. Johnson, good dude, gave us a little, yeah. little, little basic lesson on critique, right? And he's like, look, you, if, you're, if your whole basis of critiquing a movie or a film or anything is I wanted more of this and less of that, more of this, less than that, you, you're at the bottom. You're at the bottom end of being able to, I want more baby food or less baby food. I want more pizza and less vegetables. It's not, there's no nuance there. There's no actual discussion of the substance involved and the possibility of where it can go. You know, the possibility of what things can be, how to iterate and improve upon. And these are these are concepts that are uh, oblivious, let alone uh, almost unattainable by the majority of fandom because they've never, they, they don't know iteration. They kind of know software patches. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they know how to, like, fix something that's kind of already broken if I get a patch. But they don't know how to take it to the next phase. And if you if you went that route and you said, well, this didn't do so well. So we can never do it again. Well, what if that creative person, they didn't do so well, like Book of Boba Fett. Favreau goes, that didn't do so well, but I have a really strong take on it. Nope, didn't do well, can't do it. Okay, but what if that if that were the case, you never would have got Wrath of Khan after the Star Trek The Motion Picture. Didn't do what they wanted. Most expensive movie ever made at that point, right? Big bloated science fiction nightmare. People like it now, but let's be honest, everyone fucking hated it when it came out. My uncles would never let me fucking <laughs> enjoy it in peace and quiet, you know? So, but but that iteration factor is how you... Mando comes out of an iterative factor. Oh, we're going to make a Boba Fett. Oh, we're going to do the movie, but it didn't work out, blah, 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 blah. You know, you hook up a Filoni and through a process of iteration and development, it becomes... The Mandalorian, something that is arguably 
easily argued, by the way, better than the actual Boba Fett show by a mile. So well, here's my, here's my argument. Here's my on, take on, on Andor. Sorry, um, I I just I honestly think Disney's not worried about Andor. I think they finally have something which is so. I don't want to say unanimously loved, but the response to Andor we've not seen before in the fandom. Um, it's definitely been. I've seen people who gen genuinely just despise everything Disney has put out, and they're very much loving this series. And I think they're in it for the long the long haul. I think just like Book of Boba did really well, like ten weeks after it finished, and it reached like a peak that um, did better than the Mando season two finale. I think we're going to see that with Andor, and with season two probably inevitably overlapping with some more, you know. Uh, familiar Star Wars territory, whether that be elements of Star Wars Rebels or the build-up to Rogue One, I think Andor is going to be a very successful series in the long term, and word of mouth has been way more powerful than we ever anticipated on this show, and when it comes to um, reception online I think even um, I can't remember what is, who was it I saw earlier someone basically showed this graph on YouTube how um, every episode since the heist has demonstrably shown an increase in online interest in the show, whether it's Google Trends, um, Star Wars YouTubers getting views on Andor videos, things like that. So I don't think Disney's actually worried. I think they're they see the kind of um the the business potential with a show that's kind of ironically going to be a slow burn, but one that's gonna generate a lot of revenue long term for them and viewership. If that made Agreed. any sense. No, I completely yeah. agree. And I it awards worthy. You know, beyond visual yes. effects awards, beyond visual yeah. effects awards, which, you know, that's like saying, um, hey, you know, Chernobyl didn't get as much numbers as Stranger Things. So we're canceling that and making Stranger like, no, you need a Chernobyl to also gain you some, which, by the way, the production designer in Chernobyl is the one working on Andor, <laughs> coincidentally speaking. So that's yeah. kind of the idea. But no, I completely agree. Meg, Disney's bigger problem right now is financing $200 million films straight to Disney Plus that go nowhere like Pinocchio. And I'm not shitting on it. I love Robert Zemeckis, but like that sort of like $200 million thing where we got Tom Hanks and we're going to put out this yeah. sort of lukewarm version of a movie exclusive or exclusively on Disney Plus, And then it, it, it limp dicks its way across just confusing people. You know, Robert Zemeckis has been asleep at the director's chair for like 20 years now. Yeah. Well, I, I, yeah. I don't think he's done anything that has been of high effort. I mean, in years. So, uh yeah. I just want to kind of keep driving to where I was going is that yeah. I think they're they're trying to cast a broader net, not like the bean counter approach, the binary thing that we were talking about. Mm -hmm. You see things, projects like Visions where they're reaching out to anime producers or even this Grogu and the Dust Bunnies and, uh, and, and uh, Tales of the Jedi uh, and or, and then Mandalorian eventually a movie project it's different kind of genres and that's what's had me really excited about some of these announcements in the acolyte coming up is we're exploring different genres within the star wars franchise rather than just the uh space fantasy we've got uh you know mystery adventure or uh uh, uh anime or whatever you know they're there's several different genres being explored, and Andor gives us yet another. So it's not just one genre, and if you don't like that genre, then Star Wars isn't for you. It's multiple, and maybe you're not into anime, but all of a sudden, anime fans are, get a get a flavor of Star Wars that, that meets their interest. 
or you want to know a, whatever the next to thing. To and I hate to be jumping in a lot today, but Santa, you make a great point, and I think an example of this that perhaps we can all follow is there was a game called Cyberpunk that did questionably well, you know, mm -hmm. um, and then an anime series called Edge Runners came out, and boom, sales the game right back up. You know, engagement across a bunch of new fans tuning in to watch that anime right back up. Why? Because it injected a grip of life into a story that you were then able to go and re-experience the world in this game that people kind of forgot about. And that is the that's the thing. Like, if they make an anime series that literally prequels or or gets way into the story left off by the sequels, and it's super energetic and actiony and all that stuff. That's going to get people to go right back and rewatch those films. And I, the the most recent example on Disney Plus was I got my friends now who are telling me Marvel Phase Four, blah 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 blah, loss loss loss, loser loser loser. And I'm like, you're forgetting Phase Two when everyone hated Age of Ultron except me. But I understood why people hated it, and people hated it, bro. But when that fucking Wandavision came out, then everyone's like, Age of Ultron, number one stream movie on Disney Plus. Oh, so like, like as Lucas showed, if you can, you can actually. Uh, re-engage your audience with side side stories like the Clone Wars is a great example. People loving the pre if the Clone Wars didn't come out. Do you really think there'd be as much love for the prequels? That that blend that Clone Wars series because of the length of the story and the characters who grow over time, you know, and the time the length of the time it came out built a whole audience and gave credibility to a story that many people many many people found non-existent okay not existent. many people are saying the prequels suck me, no i'm joking he has a <laughs> point no <laughs> let me mention another one that i think meg has kind of brought up but since the uh, original trilogy one thing that's been uh kind of criticized lately is the lack of romance stories within star wars that you know we had han and luke we had uh han and luke what did i say uh, han and luke <laughs> han and luke they were <laughs> and leia <laughs> <laughs> and we we had uh, I mean, we had Tantan, Anakin Han, and Padme, I mean, but we haven't really had uh, any of the romance aspect yeah, brought in. They were so kind of we like a little intellish, weren't they? We get spy thriller. Nerds. We get mystery thriller. We get um, you know uh, where you think maybe a a romance story in it. I know that in the, several novels they explore that. You get kind of romance based genre. Uh, stories where they've gotten romance authors to actually create some of these stories in the uh, uh, High Republic era, for example. You're making me think uh, of, of, think of that, what Disney's been doing with Thor, like Thor, like in Disney and right. Star Wars. They keep love they and keep, thunder. It's, a, it's an amalgamation of the 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 first structure or first genre superhero or Star Wars as a genre, and then something else, and then they put it out, and like Thor comes out, and it's like it's like romance romantic comedy. And people yeah. are like, I hate this, and some people love it. But but that's right. how that's how it's always going to be. It's always going to be. But we haven't had that in, in any of the Star Wars projects outside of Lost Stars uh, as a books, book, the novels. Yeah, as a romance right. novel, I guess you call it. We call but it. We what call about it a romance novel? Is that fair? I don't know. Well, I, there there are a couple of them in in uh, the Disney era of mm -hmm. of Star Wars that are romance novels. There's one uh, based on. Uh, Batu, it's all a romance. One of the ones in the High Republic is uh, there's the wedding dress one. <laughs> well, there's that. Yeah, but uh, um, my, my favorite is the uh, courtship of Princess Leia. Yeah, that was my <laughs> personal favorite. <laughs> I haven't seen any projects that um, that kind of focus on a romance side of 
of um, the genre within Star Wars in, yeah. in live action, animated, or anything like that. Right. Can I comment on Baymax? Because Baymax wants to pick a little fight with Rob. Anime attached to Star Wars, you mean Resistance? Joke? Sequel no, no, no. You mean I'm, sequel talking, I, I'm talking about a real anime by a studio like Studio 4C, you know, Madhouse, any, you know, not uh, Lucas Arts or Lucasfilm or Lucasfilm Animation pretending to be an anime C- studio because they threw anime visuals. That's that surface level bullshit. Look, we made it look like a Ghibli cell shaded so that. That makes it so like that. No, not 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 that at all. But it does. It does seem like like one thing doing something good doesn't even mean that that they're going to do more of it. I feel like like because you could go and be like, oh, we want to do more Andor, but if you don't get Tony Gilroy, doesn't mean you're going to get more something more like Andor. So I predict that we're going to start seeing stuff like, oh, guys, it's coming. It's going to be like Book of Boba Fett two is going to be like that. But like Andor, and it's going to be like, well, does it have Tony Gilroy? No, it doesn't. So it, it doesn't have somebody with like a scholar's degree of about revolution or I don't know bounty hunting. I don't know what they would do for Bo- Book of Boba Fett too. No, but Jason, it won't apply. No, 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 no. Book of Boba Fett season two is going to be like the Mass Singer. You know what I'm saying? It's oh, probably wow. going to be musicals. Everyone's going to be wearing masks. And they're never taking them off. It's going to be oh. you don't even know who's singing the song. Yeah, five yeah. people. They're all gonna be singing. You don't know who's singing. So they're, not gonna, they're not gonna. They're not. They're not doing. That. No, that's they're what not we're doing. We're, we're not. No. Oh shucks. Yeah, they're not. They're not. They're not doing that, Filoni. And by the way, I think Kathy Kennedy has some tuna salad in there, and the lunch bag is not. It's just just, just in a bag. You could just open it up and take it out of the fridge. Nobody will you ever watch the first. You ever watch the first Mission Impossible film, Jason? I, that's the only one I've seen. You remember? Was it Vanessa Redgrave? Was the older? She played Max. The actress who played Max. Wait, Max from our show? Like the, no, no. Max is the arms dealer that's like trying to get the uh, the knock list. She's uh, like an older no. British woman who's like basically trying to like, she's like seducing every younger dude in the movie. I'm okay. like, I, I, I couldn't help but watching it going like, that's how Frank Marshall sees Kathleen Kennedy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, <laughs> just send her in. Maybe. She'll she'll get you a young JJ. She'll get you a young Rian Rian Johansson. She'll get you a young uh, <laughs> uh, Chronicles dude. I forget his name. Do you <laughs> a train top? How about that? Do you right. cats want to talk about Kino living? I feel like we kind of already did over the last couple of days, but but do you guys have any 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 thoughts on this? Hold on, on, on Jason, the Hollywood what? Reporter and. Uh, yeah. Let's la- let's ask Meg. Sorry, did you say something? Oh, sorry. <laughs> no. Sorry. He's just being mean. <laughs> He's just being sorry. a mean old mean head. No, um um yeah, whatever whatever anybody has got to go by all means, just say bye and go. Just go, all right? If you have, if you need to go. Um but Kino Kino lives. And there's oh, actually just just left. <laughs> um Kino, Kino, Kino. Finally, um, Bestman has an article up, and he's talking about Entertainment Weekly. He says, "Oh my God, I wish I knew. I'm a fan from here on. So whether he comes back this season or not, I don't know. I think it's opened with what happens in his storyline. Oh, this is um, this is Andy Circus. He certainly wasn't killed, so we know that much, and that's the interesting thing about Tony Gilroy's writing. If you're not dead, then who knows what's going to happen to your character? So his return could happen." And then Gilroy talking to Hollywood what, what reporter um, goes on and basically says, he's not dead, is he? I don't see him dying. And you can read the whole, whole article on Bestman Bulletin with all that stuff. And he has this funny video, by the way. 
But yeah, I think he's, I say he's dead. I say he's dead. I don't care if they. I mean, yeah, I he think might, he's alive. Yeah, you think he's alive? Because because what, what's he gonna do? He can't swim. He'll come back in season two briefly, probably. You think you think we'll just like see him like? You think you think it'll be like, like oh hey it's you and they're just like on Yavin four together or or you think you think you'll come back in like an important like big big way, like that's my whole thing is would they say would they say that he's alive if they have plans for him, or would they not say that if they have plans for him? See it's it's all it's all double speak, it's all trickery. I don't know with Tony Gilroy he's more like to the point. Yeah. I would take him more at his word. Because he's yeah. been pretty blunt so far, and everything he says seems to come to fruition. Yeah. I, I don't think they had plans to kill off Kino. It's more like the Cad Bane situation. If they need to bring him back, they will. Mm -hmm. Because the idea of not having a definitive answer means that Kino could have been killed by the the guards of the prison who were hiding from the stampede of prisoners. Or somehow he made his way out of there, and then they don't even need to explain it sort of thing. Yeah. But I do think Somehow it's dumb he if he did die mm -hmm. because wouldn't you rather just jump into the water anyway than go back to that prison? That's where that's where my head was is I mean when I when I read that I imagined how does he live? I imagine he does come to that conclusion he jumps into the water and maybe somehow the men in the water save him because he saved them. That's the only thing I could think of. You know you know what I mean it's a that's Yeah. Because if if he stays there they're not going to let him live. They wouldn't be like, "Well, back, back to the, back to the slave gang, back, back to the chain gang." They would no. They're going to kill him for what he did. He gets. He's the guy who got him the speaker and was like, "Riot, do it." They could torture him, but to what end? I mean, what are they? What is? I mean, you know, you you get that sort of sadist release that that what's their name gets out of torturing Bix, but there still is an agenda there. At the end of the day, the, the, there is an agenda and. There's no agenda for him after this point. He would have to be killed by them. So he had to have jumped. I would have to think. And then the, the only the only other theory I could come up with is the guys, the guards, they're not they don't get to go back to work tomorrow. So maybe the guards are going to defect in that moment too and run. And maybe he runs with the guards. I mean, that's, I mean that's, how do they get to work every day unless they just live there? I think they live there, for the most they part. Yeah, that that was, but 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 there might be like one shuttle or one thing that they could use, or the maybe like you know when something comes to some ship comes or something. Yeah, like shuttles that. show up, Jason. That's how. Yeah, that's how exactly. they arrived there. I mean, exactly. That's... But 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 like, did they put? Were they able to put out like a dis distress call? Because we did see search ships coming at the end, so. I guess one of those search, one of those search ships, the search ships that are looking for Andor in the water. I suppose they could steal one of those too. So, so we do know that 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 the call is answered. Like people do come, at least we think so. Unless that's them, unless that's the guard searching. Like I said, I I, I just don't see it being cool for for them when they're. I mean, they have essentially like the empire has covertly moved to a slave economy. They're not acting like it's a slave economy, but it is. And that's why, and that's what the prisoners find kind of figure capitalism. out. Yeah, good capitalism, Jason. You know what I'm saying? But they're 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 finding reason. Well, that's that's like what we you know in this recent election in the United States, they wanted to remove slavery from the constitution of some states. 
those states voted not to remove slavery from the Constitution because then the people imprisoned in the prison system can't be forced to work as slaves. So it's yeah, it's but that that's how that's how we do it. But how they're doing Who else it is going to mow the governor's lawn, Jason. Come on, <laughs> come on, come on. Yeah, it would be kind of cool though, just like break some rocks for a little while. I mean, I got I can't lie, I would have a little bit of fun breaking rocks for just a little while, like a day, you know, like prison camp. <laughs> All that Jason knows about prison has come from like shoddy cartoons and movies. <laughs> 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 you know, okay. You no, know. hey, I watched Oz. I see Nas. I know all about it, but um, yeah. Anyways, I I, uh, I I hope he's I I hope he's alive. At the same time, there I thought it was when I watched the episode the first time. I thought he knew. Everyone's like, I'm already dead, and I thought he knew he was already dead because he knew he couldn't swim. He knew where they were going and what what was going to be the the end game, and he knew he couldn't do it. So. I mean, I guess there, there could be a thing, you know, where Kino breaks open a panel and he's got his little his little raft that he made because he was thinking about doing it in Shawshank style for you. I mean, you could do that stuff, but I feel like most of that stuff kind of robs the moment. Does it? I mean, does all it of rob- that would rob the moment? Yeah. I mean, him That's living, Rob, him, and but so him even saying that. I mean, I want Kino to live because I'm a human. I'm not entirely a sociopath, so I don't want him to like die. I want him to live. But at the same time, I'm like, man, as as the uh, you know the the hard ass the person who appreciates how hard ass this story has been, I'm like, I think he should die. Or or they should well, or they should they should be extra cruel where we cut back to him next season. We think he's making it, and then he dies on camera next season in that spot, you know. But sure. Yeah. Well, Jason, we're at the hour mark. Is there? Did oh. we cover it all today? Uh, just one last, one last thing, really quickly, is that um, the director of Indiana Jones Five let it be known that the trailer is coming within a month. Anybody with half a brain can do the fan math and say that's going to be on a movie with blue space cats, and that makes sense to me. Uh, Meg, I said blue space cats, and Meg laughed. She hates blue space cats. <laughs> um. But uh, no, that that it's going to be turned her back into a black cat. Mm. No, but it's going to be it's going to be on on Avatar. Um, I think that's that's and don't fall for the grifters. I have already fucking seen it, dude. I've already seen people going like, "Hey, Indie Show's coming on on Avatar." People like, "Oh shit!" and like retweeting it and stuff. That that's Mangold already told you it's coming in a month. Like that's the story, and people are trying to make it this other thing. Don't buy any of it into any of it. And Mangold set the record straight that those test screening stuff, all of that's not true. And honestly, if it was true, he just wouldn't address it. He would just do what everybody else does and just wouldn't address it. But they've never tested a Star Wars film. And if you've ever heard anybody pushing that, that's always been a lie. And I and what so when I heard that for Indy, I thought, man, gold, what are you doing? No, no, that's not true, Jason. Those films have always tested me. And my patience and my willingness to give fuck all about this stupid industry and everything else. So, all right, Jay. <laughs> yeah. He gets real cranky when he doesn't have his coffee in the morning. I but, uh, I, I, w- I just want Man's Gold to team up with Gilroy and give us a Man's Gilroy Gold production. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we got to get these two together. Yeah, I, I would. I'd watch it. 
Um, and uh, yeah, I just want to say, uh, listen to that Mark Marin interview with uh, Gilroy, and you'll see he's one of us. He's not one of them for sure. He's the most one of us that we've ever got over there, surprisingly. Yeah. And um, what else was there? Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. The show is now on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or whatever the Apple Podcast thing is called. It's on Sorry. all of that stuff now. Sorry, so if so, if you can't watch the show and you want to listen to the to it in audio form, you can subscribe to it that way. Uh, just look at the Star Wars show. It's on all of those the things, and the video is oh, also yeah. on Spotify. So for some reason, you're able to have like the Spotify thing open at work and sneak video in, and it's not as as obvious as YouTube. You can do that too. And if you're listening on Spotify and I fuck up and I don't say something, or you think is Rob doing George Lucas? I'm not sure. You can click the little video thing on Spotify bit. and it will pick up and then you can see the video and then you can close it and go back to the podcast only, which I appreciate that. I think that's a better hey, format. look, someone's got to pay Kushner, the Kushner brothers some money. And that's mm-hmm. us. Now we're making the Kushner. We're in the Kushner's business, right, Jason? <laughs> that's how we're doing it. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> and, um, but uh, just, um, we we'll use, probably use the tools of our enemies. Against yeah, them, right? Like, there you go. Them. I gotta make it a musical. Uh, Mike Porter dad joke. What would you call a pastry that could sing and enter the top 40 charts? What Mike would you Porter call dad a- joke? Classic, classic Santa question never answers it. Just <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is a setup for us to say something dirty and then Santa to go, like, No Christmas for you off the list. But also, I think Santa should be promoting Violent Night and trying to get some of that Violent Night bucks on YouTube, right? Pop-Tarts, Pop-Tarts. What would you call a pastry that could sink and enter the top 40 charts? Mike, Stan, Shield. These nuts, Jason! These nuts! Ho, ho, ho! Freaking ho! All right, that's enough. Okay. He's really upset about that elves union thing. What would you call one that was on. naked? Menudo. Menudo. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote that just now. All right. Okay. Can we end the show now for the love? Of we the can. Uh, thanks, everyone. <laughs> Subscribe enough. to all of our shit. If not, fuck you. Don't care. Uh, love you guys. Like the video. Subscribe to everything. See you tomorrow. It's the end of the show. Where is it at? There it it's is. It's the Bye. end of the show. Come on, let's go. Hey! It's the end of the show. Come on, let's go. Hey! It's the end of the show. Come on, let's go. Hey! No, you should go. Come on, let's go. It's not about spaceships.